insulting him because we went out like on the, that night and drank like a thousand Jaeger bombs. <laughs> That's a so, perfect intro. I will not have to edit anything. <laughs> that, that's right. just right. it was live <laughs> as you said that. So, so I was like, sure, let's just let's just let in and see what happens, right? Uh so hello everyone. We are as always very professional. And today we wanted to talk a little bit about preparation for team tournaments, but from a different point of view. I remember way back, people were asking how to approach pairings and like estimating what should be your team comp when you don't have enough data. So what we wanted to touch upon is how to use external sources, like maybe some event results or our own metadata dashboard and see how it will help identifying some of the stuff. So I don't know how this episode will unfold. I imagine we'll get talk a lot, but I will try to also show some stuff how I do it when it comes to actual Excel sheets. So you will see an IT professional suffering trying to use Excel. So, you know, a lot of fun. But having said all of that, how are you guys? Nathan first? I am very, very good. It's nice to be back on here. And uh, yeah, so today we'll be doing a lot of getting ready for ITT. Which is so you're to coming to IPD, right? Yes, uh, I'm on a quite a good team, so I've got to try and pull my weight because I'm definitely the weakest of the five, but I'll figure it out. Um, so what's your team? So it's me, Josh Roberts, Manny Chima, Innis, and Tony Chu. Dame, and okay, that's so a stacked lineup. With the, and our team name is called Team Extinguish. Because we are trying to be <laughs> Team Ignite. Of course. Of course. We're I respect that. I like it. <laughs> so from, from what I know, ITT is played next week. And the lists are due this weekend, right? Yes, this Sunday. So okay, we will so see what's probably... happening with the balance update. Okay, so the slate might not be in for this one. I think that depends a little bit on what Zach wants to do. Obviously, yeah, I don't know exactly. when it's going to drop. But... Again, if it comes out last minute, it might be a case that, like, for example, I would hope that even on, like, a couple of days' notice, we would still play the New Balance update, because, to be honest, the current yeah. one's a little bit... It's The meta's kind of good at the moment, but it is a little bit stale, a little bit boring. So anything that's just new, even if it's on a couple of days' notice, like I said, I'd like to use it, but then again, it's up to Zach. I just don't know when it's going to drop. Yeah, if it, I can see yeah. if it's dropping like Thursday, you might not put it in. But no. at the same time, it will be a very feels bad event for all the people. But if it drops earlier, yeah. like say Tuesday, I would see just making a call that resubmit the list on Wednesday and just see what happens. Yeah, like it's one of those, if it drops early in the week, he might just go, look, you've got two days, replan everything. Some people will not be happy because maybe some people are like, I've built and painted this specifically for this event with the idea that they don't necessarily have the ability to change last minute if their army goes yep. up a load of points or go down, whatever. So some people will not want to use it. Some people will. I would say the vast majority, even competitive players, will probably just want to use the new update. 
presumably. Yeah. But uh, we'll have, just have to see see what Zach decides. Yeah, I would imagine going to an event like this, playing all the rules, would just feel bad. Like, means we've got the most amount of prep and most like data, I guess, to show what best five choices we could make and most likely what other teams might take. But for enjoyability, definitely hope it's a new one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because like the last minute scramble would be quite fun, actually. Yeah, I. it's always fun at WTC, right? <clears throat> yeah, especially. Yeah. We've been there. Oh, yeah. Multiple yeah. times. Uh, Pumba, yourself? I'm all good. Uh, we've been, we've had this uh, bootcamp last weekend where I've played uh, Death Guard extensively. And I really like the army, but I definitely came uh, down a little bit in my initial estimation or, uh, I don't know, the, the, the glow and the charm that the army has. I think it's extremely solid. But especially after I've been given a task of making a list without demons and without the knights, it is definitely more difficult to push results. But I've still managed to, to do my best and scored an honest 55 points across all games, never losing to more than eight. So basically a good solid result. And then next weekend, I am apparently going to Bratislava, which I... Uh, learned like three days ago, maybe four days ago, because one just of the before the bootcamp. Yeah, basically. Um, so one of the teams from Poland that is going to Bratislava event uh, is missing a player because he dropped out, and I jumped in. So I will be playing some Necrons, which I am very not looking forward to. I'm going to be honest. Um, Especially that I don't have enough time to prepare with the army, so my army must be a little underprepared for that one. But I mean, the playstyle suits me at least, so that's fine. Yeah, I cannot. So you're playing how many time? Two, I believe. I've got night, uh, the duo of Nightbringer and uh, Void Dragon. Okay, I can't wait to hear you complain about hitting on two ups. It will be so much fun. I think I will be complaining about my uh, four up in one five up film pain raves dying to a swift breeze. And I'm expecting that to happen. Uh, after seeing one of Gitto's games where Nightbringer with a sweep attack wounded once, I am pretty sure that anything can happen. Yeah, that's so. that's about like I'm prepared. I'm mentally prepared for that happening. So at least there's that. Yeah, and myself, I'm. I was to the team bootcamp as well, which, to be fair, I think it was the best bootcamp we've had ever when it comes to actual effort and how involved people were. Mm -hmm. Because we had 22 players, because a few of them dropped out last minute, and me just watching over the games and coordinating stuff. And Everyone for five rounds had assigned pairings on specific tables they were supposed to choose. Like they, for example, you'd get this matchup with as a defender probably a little bit later. Figure it out. Like what is your best table, which is the second best, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And everyone played all the rounds, 
and it was like very tight everyone was trying very hard they would approach me before the games after the games give me feedback everyone wrote like reports on our yeah. discord they were sending me that. estimations before the event when the lists were submitted so they would so i would have comparison before and after uh i hear some sound on your end pumba that might be my cat <laughs> okay fair. uh so yeah that was great and also after that one event which is weird i think the most amount of alcohol anyone drank at the team bootcamp was leshu and uncle asphalt and each one of them drank two beers so disappointing you guys you guys the polish national party. team is getting older is what uh, i'm yeah. hearing right now yeah we we went to sleep at like 11. exactly this, we get this, it I, you want to win the title back to back but don't, maybe. don't have to be fun <laughs> maybe like who said that anyway about title back to back so um we've got the we also narrowed out the team to initial for to like 14 people that are we are seriously considering for the team and i must say that it feels real nice this year because we the 14 people are all caliber players that we would take in any of the previous years mm -hmm. so it is very refreshing to see so many even not necessarily new faces but some people returning back or coming from other game systems to 40k and actually trying out and it is very nice to see and which also applies to pyra we will be bringing two eight-man teams that also feel quite stuck because we have nearly all of those 14 players plus some more coming over so it will be i would say quite good show of force to some extent now obviously we'll get shafted and lose and you'll you, you will be able to quote me on that and it will be all fun but yeah so how many people are you, are you up to selection wise now zero what well, uh, as in like how many of the say eight players have you actually picked zero none of them oh no. right okay so you haven't mm -hmm. actually picked any yet it's just narrowing it down no exactly. i think it will happen sure. around alpine cup sure yeah we are quite late and also we have we are we have very good sponsors so we, you could say that picking the team a little bit later when it comes to travel etc we can afford that to some extent that, yeah, so, good, yeah because they're this year is way which better is, for us yeah which is a huge change from what it's yeah, been like so. two, two years ago especially which is nice yeah. to see yeah so bragging around etc let's get to the itt and the topic itself so we want to use the ITT as just an example because I wrote an article how to approach like five man teams, but I figured that we might do something hands on that you could just follow through and see whether you agree or disagree with us and have a proper discussion. So if you are in, in the YouTube chat and you're actually listening and you want to have any input, I would like this to be also slightly interactive. So if you disagree with something, feel free to chime in. I think it will be interesting to hear any other point of view as well. And time to 
make the worst mistake of my life, which is show how I use Excel, which I usually do not do at all. So, yay! 80, 80 people. Oh. The, the legend of the worst. So, yeah, at least in English, right? Because if it was in Polish, it would be even worse for you, right? I mean, we can still do that, but I don't think it will be very pleasant for most of the viewers. But yeah, so what I've written in that Alpine uh, Alpine Cup inspired article was that I would identify first what armies I would consider to be top of the meta and our armies and see how we kind of feel about those matchups. Mm -hmm. And the main thing I would look at nowadays is that most of the data that you see online, when it comes even to our metadata dashboard, shows mostly win rates, which you must know that win rates do not necessarily translate to 20-0 system. So if you're seeing an army with like, uh, what's a good example of low wins, very consistent army? Uh, uh, like sisters. Sisters. Yeah. It is an army that has what? At this point, 56% win rate. But yeah, 53 I, according to the dashboard right now. So I I can list two matchups that I could seriously consider I lose more than 8 to 12 in the game. Mm -hmm. But also I would not list many armies as an armies that I heavily win against currently in the game as sisters. Maybe like armies like demons or Drukari, but like come on, what are we talking yeah. about? So, having said that, you need to have, take with grain of salt all the data that you see online because you need to look deeper into it because, you know, this is something that we preach about and is preached in many other podcasts. When you play 20 so then the opponents will play differently. So, you need to yeah. know that not your... Yeah, yeah, Puma. <clears throat> I think... Um... Because currently all the data the gathering that everybody is doing, including StatCheck itself, is um, only single uh, like single turn singles tournament based and singles meta based, it is important to um, don't take it as it, as it at its face value. Let's say, um, even though the um, the straight up data might show you that some matchups are very favorable in terms of especially win rate that doesn't necessarily translate into teams and a smashing victory for either side mm. so that's very important that when analyzing data that you might find on the internet webs uh, in any form that you don't necessarily automatically uh, just put it into your team comp as you will or just find that um let's say five armies with the biggest highest win rate and automatically assume that's the best um lineup to pick for the event anything to add on your end uh nathan no nah, that pretty much covers it yeah so what i've done here is what i would usually do and in this case, if I even share share screen, yes, and share another window, yes. 
if I look into the metadata dashboard, which by the way, I know it can be quite bad if you were just viewing it might not be too readable. You will see that like the top army in the game is Black Templars, according to the data. Then you have Necrons, Eldar, CSM, Admech is surely not there, by the way. Like, I don't know if you guys played much into Admech. That army is rough. Uh, yeah, they, um, it's important to also note that any army with a very low um, play rate, as it will, or um, the yeah. actual uh, small number of people playing them and small representation, the data will not be as accurate, of course. So uh, things like Admech, even Black Templars, uh, things like Deathwatch are always skewed a little bit and their actual representation might be different to what you see. Also, is or... this data only from since the Necron Codex came out? This is only exactly. from since the Necrons. Mm -hmm. yeah. we, can, we can also include the Codex Space Marines one and see how it changes. I think this one seems more up to par with what we would expect. Uh, Just Necrons would be higher. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. of course, there is going to be fluctua fluctuations in player rate of each faction, depending on how strong it is perceived to be, which is also valid and important to note. So if you we just um, if we include only games from after the Necron and Admin Codex, these armies will naturally uh, go up in player rate as well, I think. So, exactly. Uh, so, having all of that said, even I sometimes use those dashboards when I forget what are the factions in the game. Because sometimes when you're listing out army after army, you just lose that one that you knew is good, but you just cannot from the top of your head remember it and i find that it's important especially nowadays i would say that armies with not many codexes now are very homogeneous within themselves to some extent mm -hmm. like you wouldn't say that few sisters builds are very different for you to estimate it maybe there there might be small differences in the list but it's not something that you would say okay surely now i did not win this matchup or i win this matchup no that that's not going to happen right and i and i think only a few armies currently you could say like i play differently into kind of the court and the hyperspace detachment right or i play slightly different against monster nits and horde nits like those are a few factions that you can differentiate on the build mm -hmm. but they are in minority currently because you would say that i would say that necrons nits and marines might be different and that's it eldar csm i guess like you can play single wraith guard double wraith guard changes some matchups and then accursed and non-accursed kind of a two different matchups yeah. i guess true that also falls in um, in terms of uh, so as you've said, armies with codexes and um, and many detachments to pick from are obviously different uh, to each other. However, the just the strength of the base rules that uh, both the CSM and the Eldari codex propose 
means that more data sheets become viable and the uh, builds change. Like there's actual differentiation in builds just because the units are good enough or like the codexes are good enough to support a lot of units. So that's yeah. the situation we have. Mm. Would we want to uh, go over uh, what we suggest people would do in the situation of building a five-man team Yeah, I, I would In try this and... exact time as like, we are yeah. going to ATD. Exactly. And uh, how, how you would do it and like look specifically into, like let's use as an example, fractions we can choose as a group. And let's say like another two players that we are we have is Ines and say Anthony. Sure. Just just our group. So let's say we have our armies that we consider. I am sisters boy now. So I'm playing only sisters. This makes choices for the later players slightly easier or worse, depending on the case. Then we have Anthony who's playing only word eaters. Then you could say that Pumba, you were both testing DevGuard and Thousand Sons. Mm -hmm. Those two armies we could consider from your end. And Nathan, you were playing Chaos Knights, Nits, something else. Uh, what else am I playing? GK at the moment. I had a lot of GK at the moment. Mm -hmm. GK, and then we have Ines with Marines. He is also playing CSM. Yep. And he's also playing Nits, but it is covered. So we have basically 10 armies that we could uh, this, this is the shit that I told you it will be very bad. Enjoy it, boys, while it lasts. Uh, no border. Yes. This looks so bad. I love it. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Yes. So we have how we I... have assembled our squad as we, we have assembled the, all the armies that we currently are playing or would be able to play in the upcoming tournament. So let's say two armies we have set. Yeah, basically. So, and I am able to give my estimations with sisters pretty accurately. Maybe some matchups, not really, but most of the armies I know. Uh, but I know how to, how to play. So, hmm. having that in mind, let's say I will go initially and let's make it easier we'll mm -hmm. go only with free colors good draw is sure. bad match let's yeah let's so basically you do not... the, the idea right now is to actually um estimate those particular armies very broadly into just opponents armies the armies that you would consider to be best and if you don't know what's best then actually using some data tools and like metal dashboard might be very helpful in finding out which armies are currently the most played and what you can expect. And then if you also want to look deeper, you can look, for example, into WCW games. I think this is the best pool of games if you want to know how certain matchups will look in, like. And if you have BCP subscription, from what I know, you could look back and see how the games between certain armies went back then on specific missions. So if you don't know how a certain game should go on the top level, you can look there, but you also need to be aware that those games were played at the top level. Do you feel as confident playing Necrons as 
say Valentin? Probably no. So you need to take that into account. But if you do not know how certain games should go, you can look not only into that metadata dashboard, but you can look into some data from BCP, like WCW, maybe well, seeing the LVO finals, maybe not LVO, but some other events that you know that some good games were played, you could look at those scores. Mm-hmm. So using the try coloring for the matchups, I would say using drawish as a as a yellow. I would say my sisters, I feel drawish against Eldar. Like I can win this matchup sometimes, but it purely depends on my opponent fucking something up. Then we have CSM. This might be controversial. I feel like I win this matchup. Mm-hmm. From the games I played, I feel like I win this matchup and I feel quite confident in it. Yeah. I think uh, we can add to, to this that currently we are doing a very broad spectrum analysis, which might not be yes. entirely accurate. And it's not supposed to be accurate at this point because spending yes. too much on this can actually be detrimental. Yes, you cannot take into account every version of CSM because there's so many of them that probably at some point, if they have three accursed bricks and say they have three fortunes and Oblitz, suddenly you might not be able to play that matchup because Oblitz changed something. Say mm-hmm. that. So you cannot account for everything, but what we are doing is we know we have two armies set in stone. So we will try to figure out the remaining ones. And let me be just quick with my estimations, because otherwise this Mm -hmm. video will take a very long time, which, by the way, when we do this for a (laughs) tournament, it takes a very long time. For for WTC, we like do this spreadsheet for every army in the game and look for patterns, which is a pain in the ass. It sometimes even happens multiple times. Yeah. like a multiple pass of of even the lists and stuff across and the we end, we end up doing it with like the whole 15 man squad and it just mm-hmm. takes hours mm-hmm. and we all bicker and fight and fall out yep yeah, it's fine. <laughs> so currently let's say into those armies we only included those armies in the game and those would be my estimations as sisters that's how I feel at this point into the meta with sisters, where I can see some of those matchups swinging higher or lower, but I assume my opponent knows what they are doing. Because otherwise, you cannot really evaluate well. And here, what I'm doing is what I wrote in the article way back, is that how I look at those is if you're playing Winter Lose, you look at this in a way that if you know that you are winning your games quite comfortably, like say by 10, 15 points differences, like it didn't feel close, like you had it in the back from the get-go, you could mark it as a green. If you knew the games were close, they, they were on the knife's edge, like you just scraped it and you know that few games might, or maybe you have won by 10, 15 points, but you know some things happened earlier that would have meant that you would have lost, then you go as a yellow. And if you never had a chance in a game, you just go as an orange. And I think this is the easiest way. We also add, when we usually do this, we add like dark green and red when we know that something is a really, really good matchup or a really, really bad matchup. 
And in my case, if I were to add something that's really bad and really good, I would add Chaos Knights as a really, really good matchup for Sisters, for example. <laughs> but because I've played it three times and I know it. So there's that. But let's move forward. Let's just do something for World Leaders. I think I think we can um, do this just by filling out some of our estimations. Like three, two or three armies is basically all we need to present the point. I yes. Think. Yes. Uh, so let's and... say for Death Guard, just to, for me to be quick, because I'm pretty familiar with the army right now. I would put it as a yellow, yellow. You see where this is going, by the way. Uh, let's say orange, probably with Necrons, because they are a bitch. Yellow, then yellow, then a green, then a green, then a orange. Mm -hmm. Possibly a yellow, then a yellow, and then a yellow. Oh, that's an army. <laughs> and... and... Let's Nathan, do... anything on your end that you want to fill in? Anything that you yeah. feel Just... competent enough to talk? Uh, Nids is probably my best faction. Mm -hmm. uh, usually a loss versus Eldar. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Uh, draw against CSM. I've been fine against the Cursed. Uh, Necrons is probably on the losing end. Mm -hmm. Depends on the build. Uh, Space Marines usually a draw. Uh, I've played Sisters twice and I've beaten twice, but let's call it a draw. Uh, World Eaters, usually a win. Yep. I can't wait well, until Anton sees this, by the way. I mean, <laughs> goes off. you played any, anyone good at this game? Uh, Orcs, uh, it's like a draw. <laughs> I wanted uh, to go to 11,000 something rock. Yeah. Seek uh, is a loss, normally. Too much mech. Uh, draw. Uh, loss. And then draw. So that's the so Pumba, you wanted to give you give an example with those three. Yeah, characters. exactly. So what were so your next now? Ones? Imagine we do this for every single army. The I for me at least, the main uh, goal of this exercise is to find problems, uh, to find armies that you might potentially not have answers for. That if your opponent presents in their team comp, you will be absolutely fucked and have no choice but sacrifice somebody. And what I would like to always do when preparing for any team event is f um, make sure that these uh, don't happen. What you would possibly do is have at least two reasonable matchups into every single army with no um, possibility of an army just being put up and you have nothing to answer it with because that's the worst feeling in the Which Warhammer. might sometimes still happen, like Eldar at WTC, you sometimes couldn't uh, counter it, or maybe currently Necrons, I find it very hard to counter them. That is true, but I think it's absolutely doable. But right now, just looking at this three, the, those three armies, we clearly see that Necrons are now a definite problem. An army that we don't and have Chaos an Knights for. might be as well. Exactly. So, 
now that we have identified two armies that those armies that we have are, can struggle with, we would need to find an answer for them in some way. And that is going deeper into analysis and deciding and which factions. <laughs> those two armies that we choose will not create more issues into armies that we might potentially create issues, like Eldar, Votan, or Guard. Basically, once you settle on a couple of armies, let's say we definitely have set in stone that one of our players will be playing Sisters of Battle, because that's what he's uh, has been painting, or rather, this is what he has paid for being painted. I was and now he's cheap Eastern European labor. Okay, I was paying them in sacks of potatoes. I hope so. good potatoes, like but, young potatoes. But still, if one one of your uh, member of your team might potentially have a newly painted army that he must play, and there's nothing that can um, tell him otherwise. Now you have one of the armies set in stone. And having some of these is actually not a huge problem. These might include something, uh, some things like faction specialists, people who are especially good with the faction, who have um, abilities sometimes to be in depth enough with the faction to tailor it towards matchups. And this will come in handy in a second, of course. But just know that just the fact that you are play, for example, one of your teammates or you yourself are playing one army, that does not necessarily mean that it's bad or like it's a problem. Yeah. It just means that this army is already set in stone and we must work around it, but it is also our foundation for our team composition. And current state of the meta, I think, is very favorable to work around certain armies being set in stone. Unless your army set in stone is, for example, Drukari or Demons, then you should switch brands. Exactly. Of course, there will be situations in which, I don't know, you have a, a Demons player, a Drukari player, an army that is extremely under, under the power curve that you currently have. Uh, and these will be way harder to build around. But I don't think that's a, a deal breaker in uh, any way, actually. Um, especially if you're, for example, Drukari player, your I don't know, your demon player has in-depth knowledge of the faction, has played a lot of games with them. I think in teams currently, with the meta being where it is, I think even those factions can uh, work in the good hands. Maybe not, I don't know, fucking score twenties all over it, but tailored towards some matchups, they actually might surprise people. So, right now, if we look at the... What would... Be... Mm -hmm. Let's give a chance to Nathan. So, what would be your next steps, Nathan? Uh, see, I've always come across from... I tend to... If I'm looking at a five-man... So, say for ITT, it's... You either just take five super solid, strong armies that you know are going to perform, or you try and get cute and you try and counter the meta. So from here, like you say, either we need to go, we need answers for Necrons and CK, but you could almost call CK Neck, mm -hmm. an anti-Neck army, because CK effectively is just, what they are is not important, they're just a stat check with high OC. So 
if you can kill mech, then you need an answer for mech. So when I would start picking a team is normally, say, like I say, for us, for ITT, we've got strong players on strong armies. I probably wouldn't try and get too cute with it. It's normally mm-hmm. where, I, where I would go with it. Uh, but yeah. Would you say that in this case, uh, because all of you have um, are currently playing strong armies, then then you would consider that going for comfort picks instead of like trying to uh, counter possibly uh, some specific matchups. Probably yes. Like there's always the there's always the temptation to try and say pick this who we think are stronger teams and try and counter what they might be taking. But I think for five, it's a little bit more if you if you can just take five solid. Because the worst thing you want to have is like one lead balloon, like one army that just doesn't perform. Mm-hmm. Or you do what the Americans did last year. And I think one thing we could see for a five-man or ITT is you go, World Eaters are very, very popular. If we design five armies that don't give World Eaters a good time, then basically any round that you're going into World Eaters, you go, okay, well, their World Eaters doesn't work now. So we're probably coming out of that with a success. Or I'm just taking World Eaters as an example, but you could pick any of these where try and pick what, try and pick five armies where one army really struggles, a popular army. Yeah, I think actually, that's a good point that I actually forgot to mention, but it's completely valid. Is um, choosing an army that you're you're that you expect to see a lot in the um, certain tournament or certain meta, and then absolutely making sure that you have five good matchups into it is very valid. And I think it is something that we kind of have done for last year's Alpine, for example, where we decided we aren't going with guard, but we actually don't care. We can bully a lot of armies um, with just our picks. So I think that's completely fair. But the idea that we're presenting here, and we are still, was that not necessarily everyone has access to only top armies, right? Mm-hmm. So you're trying to build a team comp based on what you have at hand and what you can do with it, which I think will be the thing for most of the teams who are attending those events because you need to take into account. I think in a meta like this, it's more worthwhile for you to be more versed with your army and know your matchups better than jump into new hottest thing. Obviously, maybe instead of playing Drukari, you playing Necrons would still mean you will bring better scores. So there are special cases. But if you are a very good, say, Chaos Knights player, you do not have to jump onto Necrons. You will be an asset to your team, as you can see, for example, from this table. Although if we bring Necrons, I think Chaos Knights will struggle heavily in Tuktan. So there is that. Yeah, there's there's always the balancing act of can you actually make your the armies that you are all comfortable with um, 
actually make a coherent team composition that will go against anything. And it's a oftentimes I feel like going for comfort picks, especially in a healthy meta like we are right now, is the correct is absolutely the correct choice. However, I also feel like one, for example, one person switching the army to uh, make up for some of the problems that your composition uh, presents might be the way to go. So having that one the way to go. Usually, you have to have one person jumping around. Exactly. Which so was usually that... fucking me. Basically, uh, oftentimes. Or me in terms of like going to Polish events that also can be me just uh, picking it up, I don't know, the strongest army in the game and stuff. So, for example, in terms of our uh, available armies, we don't have Necrons in there, which are currently hard to argue with, a complete powerhouse, and are nowhere near as salt as things like CSM and Elder and uh, an army that even though may not be significantly stronger than those armies, definitely uh, nobody has as many preps into Necrons as into those two other two. Uh, so it is definitely an army worth taking just for its plain value at the, on the table, as we have sh uh, have seen in the last couple of uh, weekends. Uh, they are bringing results, and that army is just very, very strong by itself. And it's very hard to argue with that. So maybe one person with the worst table, if he's comfortable uh, with it, can actually switch to that army for our benefit. It's basically what happened with me going to Bratislava, for example. Uh, I mean, this was a little bit of a different situation because we were uh, the, the guys were already supposed to take Negrons, and I just jumped on the army. But even then, I think just having that option and having that what player uh be your anchor with the strongest possible army of the game something like csm necrons or altar might be beneficial uh benefit the team rather i think another way you can also look at it is and this is again i've mentioned it in previous podcasts where maybe it's an older mentality of thinking but save from the example we've got on the screen We've got a Sisters of Battle player and a World Eaters player. Now, a Sisters of Battle player, like you can see from that matrix, has a pretty solid score into pretty much everything. Like you say, it's not getting really smashed by anything. So every round starts with you having to put somebody forward. So Sisters of Battle do a pretty good job. If you need to put something forward or you need to blunt something, maybe you don't have two answers for something, but you can give something where at least you're going to get points out of it. World Eaters, on the other hand, you go out and absolutely smash people. So you therefore have one pretty defensive army, one very offensive army. Granted, World Eaters can still score pretty well, mm -hmm. no matter what they play. So if you're then picking the rest of your three, you might want to look at, well, actually, I don't want to take a defensive army, a good army, and then three armies that I have to really pair with and get them in the right matchup, because you might end up with one or two of them getting the wrong games. So you also need to kind of look at it as, do I need three armies that can put forward? Do I need answers for certain problems like we discussed? And then do I also want to take an army that's just going to go out and smash somebody? So there's a little bit of like army roles as well that you have to try and factor in. Absolutely. But in this case, 
I think how I would approach it is knowing like say there was Anthony also with his word eaters and he estimated this as a true word eater player and we said we have those four armies just hypothetically that matrix might look slightly different for word Dumb. eaters like just just slightly just get first bro <laughs> i can tell you have money on your team yeah. uh, literally I, I have this thing with manny where i'm like <laughs> he'll get he'll get a result out of a game i'm just like Bet you couldn't do that five times in a row. And he's like, bet you, bet you I could. And it's just because I have this thing with it being like repeatable results, Manny. Repeatable results. He's like, just roll sixes, bro. Just roll sixes. And I'm just like, look, you made a, you made a double six charge followed by an 11 inch charge when you shouldn't have even put those stuff in the, that position in the first place and you won. But you can't tell me you can just go and do that five times in a row. He's like, "Yeah, but I do that on the WTC, bro." So we won. <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, I can't, I can't argue with you, but shut up." Well, yeah. I would hate that so much. Yeah, it's like uh, he goes back to his coaches and like, "Oh, I went for something and it paid off." And I'm like, "Well, great. We told you not to, but fine. <laughs> it's worked. We've won the round. Cool." Great. <laughs> Fuck it, we both approach. The literally opposite of how I play. Same. <laughs> like I think he literally at the WTC the year that we just had, he's he went back to somebody, one of the coaches, and he's like, "Oh, put me up like six points." He's like, "Oh, why is that?" And he's, "I've just done thirty-six mortals with raid cannons." He like <laughs> kill, like he killed a unit of twenty. Uh, Bombs. GSC. Yeah, acolytes. Right. Killed a unit of twenty. Like, I've uh, just killed twenty. Like a raid cannon. <laughs> it's like average draw. Yeah, just easy. Average. Yeah. J I hate this game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but let's assume this table was true. I would say that at this point, I would what Pumba mentioned would try to get our fifth player to just switch to Necrons. And you could even take something dumb in that Necron army that's more resilient to brain onurisms, which, for example, you could take, I don't know, 18 Wraiths and took tans <laughs> And just say, I'm standing on those three objectives and you need to solve this. Yeah. That is that's an option right now. And that's that a list strong. that if you do not even know how to play well, Guaranteed that you might be, for example, trying to win the event. You might, by round four, already know how to play the army. That's what I'm hoping for, by the way. <laughs> I'll take you like I... one game. You'll be fine. <laughs> oh, I Which... step on objectives. You can't kill me. Cool. Yeah, that's pretty. That's valid. That's valid. I mean. So yeah, I I think that's how I would approach it with any team you have obviously the thing is me nathan and pumba we could estimate our pairings like from the get-go because we play those games but what you can be doing is say let's look into sisters because i can talk about that one uh, i will not be talking too much okay pumba i will not be talking about additional ap on arcos 
Thank you. We appreciate it. I'm glad. Uh, so let's use the da dashboard and say, let's go to sisters. And then we, turns out everyone is playing the same detachment boys. I don't know if you That's knew. That's a surprise. Oh, thanks, no problem. But then you can look into the faction versus faction win rate. And you might not know specific matchup. But I think you can tell by whether the win rate is closer or very much not so close. You can tell whether that matchup is more of a drawish matchup or one that you should more comfortably win, usually. Obviously, I suggest in that case you just put some thought into it, why the game might go this way, or even better, you might not know it. Then maybe go to some Discord about your faction, ask some people who are playing the army, and ask for their input. Currently, with how well communicated the whole community is, you probably know some people that will be able to help you out. And for example, you might see that sisters are joys into Eldar, Cool, then let's go and talk why are they drawish? Is it like close or not? Why they nearly always lose into Necrons? Like what's going on? Why they always win versus Tau? But at the same time, what you might get from it is that against Tau, you should estimate it as a green for your tables and then try to look why it should be green. Yeah, exactly. And with I was, Aldar, I was why... to say, uh, if I may jump in, that just having the estimation why um, isn't enough? It's why this estimation um, and how you should you should actually play the matchup and what should you abuse in the matchup to actually make that that um, that game right. So if you don't have an opportunity to play a test game versus a specific army, maybe use something like a StopChat Discord, for example, as a resource itself. Jumping into the channel and what's up. No, no, sisters are apparently losing to Drukari, so anyway. It is worth talking about the fact that if we choose to just uh, post Necron Codex matchup, you can all see that each game or like each uh, army versus army or detachment versus detachment usually has around 14, 15, 12 games, so it's not necessarily very accurate yet. What you might yes. then do is, for example, if you have armies that haven't changed, but we can look army, exactly if you haven't with the codex because uh, sisters didn't really change with the release of the new codex. Then you might actually go and look into some matchups like Depth of Serity versus Tau. Uh, none of these armies were affected by the release of Necrons or Admech, so yeah. uh, you just have more data to work with. Yes, and I think you should, like, I would, would have just done the mistake of looking at just two weeks of data, which is clearly wrong, because mm -hmm. if you have more of a sample, you can assess it better. But I think this is a good example of you looking at this, and I would, like, the matchups I see as bad here by the, by the, Win rates, so like Grey Knights, I kind of agree with it. Necrons, I kind of agree with it. Leagues of Vote, and I agree with it. Imperial Knights, I very disagree with it. But there's some overlap, and I think there's a reason for that overlap. Or the matchups that I 
I said that Chaos Knights, I could even go as a dark green because I feel very comfortable in that one. It might be also connected. So I think that's how you can look at it. And if we were to go through most of the factions, I think you can analyze it and then just go to the Discord. Or ask some people. You would be surprised how often if you just direct message a top player, they would happily answer. That is very true. And I've had that happen multiple times. And I encourage it. I think it's dope. Actually yeah, talking like... to somebody who you know is versed in the army and just asking some specific questions is 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 especially nice. Uh, very specific, like how should I like what should I watch out for in this specific matchup? Um, what do you think is the actual estimation? Things like that. What is my key unit that I should care about more when I play? Exactly. These are and... all valid questions to ask and. Receiving the answer might actually uh, give you an edge going into that. And, and understanding the matchups. We basically ask each other when we prepare for WTC. That's what you talk within this team. Like when we mentioned we have like 14, 16 players, we talk all the time. What do we think about specific matchups? If we disagree, we then play those matchups and see who was right. Maybe we didn't know certain information. And that's what we do because you cannot possibly play all those matchups. There's what, 20 something different factions. And not every game you've played of that matchup will be relevant to how the matchup should be played because of some list build definite, like different lists or someone just played it badly. You cannot translate all the games you've played into a new game. You need to detach yourself a little bit. So I think always looking for external feedback is good because then you can get a different point of view. Yeah. Nathan, anything to add? Yeah, it's it's kind of the reason you never do a matrix isolated. Like you always do a matrix with, I don't know how many times we've had it where, let's say, a Tyranid player goes, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable into that specific army and then the person that you literally have on your team goes well i've never lost in it because i do this this and this and how many times have we gone where oh actually that's a good point the people i've been playing necessarily haven't done that so it's why you do everything as a group if you can especially i think between top players you'll also see something that People will be more scared when playing to you, so they will not make the decisions of going aggro and playing to their outs because they are playing to not lose too much instead of winning. And so you will usually get false sense of safety in your matchups. And I think this might not only apply to top players, but usually to most players who play win or lose because you, you might know the safe way of playing given matchup not the way that will bring you more points. And this is something that it's hard to learn unless you play it. Mm -hmm. I think you need it to... Must be, yeah, it must be said that um, having the estimations not as in goal instead of having the goal as win the actual game of Warhammer by one point might completely change the way some matchups are played, right? Say you know that this matchup is unwinnable in the win or lose environment you might 
play to your outs, look for very specific openings or just trying to make unprobable plays because that's your only way to win, which is great. And this is the valid way to play this matchup in win or lose. However, it might be uh, way better for you in some cases to take a step back and accept that you're going to uh, lose 14 to 6 and lose this game, but those 6 points are very valuable and you need to protect those, right? So estimating in this sense compared to just looking at win percentages is very uh, crucial right now, right? We are not basically... You, if you are looking for a win or a matchup that is actually favorable in teams, that isn't just a 55% win rate matchup. And this is always something that you must remember when actually looking at data. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we kind of covered the topic. Anything, maybe there's anything else that you have in mind to add to it? Mm. I think the general idea right now as we 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 cover a very broad topic that you also described very well in the article that you've written after Alpine. Um, so it's a broad spectrum spectrum of like mini sections of this, but in terms of preparing for a team event right now before the slate for ITT, for example, I think that we are in good enough spot that I am comfortable saying that you can take. 80% uh, of the army into a team comp, as long as you do a lot of actual work and start preparing right now with your team and doing like the broad meta analysis uh, tables and polishing your estimations against uh, certain armies and stuff. I think that is the best method to be in for maybe not being cute, but sticking to your guns and making things work that you usually uh, wouldn't be able to do. Um. Yeah. <laughs> what, Brian? What uh, What is exhausting, doing, Brian? Doing stuff is exhausting. Uh, doing estimations is exhausting. And preparing for events is exhausting. And take it from me, I know something about it after the last years WTC. Um, and of course, if you just want to go to an event and drink some fucking beers with your mates, that's also a completely valid way to play 40k. We are just fucking sick. <laughs> Let's all remember that. This is a this is a yeah. sickness. It's spreading. It's spreading far and wide right now. I cannot play for fun. <laughs> I keep trying, but I can't. <laughs> right? I was like, I'll just, I'll take a fun army. I'll go and enjoy my weekend. I'm like, ah, but like, it would have been nice if I'd have gone five. We're supposed to have a year off from WTC. Now I'm preparing a team for Pyra. It's all going <laughs> to hell. I'm trying to be one of the playing members of Polish team. Like, what the fuck is wrong? This is actually What's happening? a tragedy. And I am very shocked about that fact. Yeah. I didn't actually remember Typhus was a, a, an actual player who can play this game, except for Alpine, but in terms of I, actually no, 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 no. having I mean, skill to play the game, I don't think that's the best example. Are you guys going yeah. against Alpine this year? Yeah. Oh, yes, we are. 
So we have a running bet <laughs> with Ishik that states if we win for three consecutive years. Don't. Don't. <laughs> don't. <laughs> okay. Don't. <laughs> you have been right in. We do. We are obliged to win three times. And we will do that, by the way. That's the goal. And then you will see. <laughs> exactly. Um, we'll try and stop you. We'll try and stop you. Yeah, you can try. <laughs> Glorious. Right. I think that's the gist of the topic. If anybody has any um, questions regarding it, as in the main topic, we are uh, here to answer that. And if yeah. not, go to the show questions. Which we have, we have exactly, I think, none, which would be well. Not the Literally. best. Scam. But hey, yep. that's our opportunity to make it a, a, <laughs> a shorter a episode. Instead no of way. doing it two and a half no hours every single time. <laughs> no to way, be fair, no. we are in like the pre-slate um, moment. Slate. Yeah. yeah. I was it's hoping we would slate. be after slate. If it was after Slate, it would be way more fun. Well, that's in two weeks then. It's going to be close. When's your first team event? No, Chris. No, no comments. No comments. I will not answer. Absolutely no comments. Absolutely no, no comments. So you, you had a question, Nato. When's your first team event post balance update? Pyra. Pyra. Pyra Cup. Is that the first one is it i think yes. so and it's 8v8 and i will i think it will be i think we'll not hide the list at that point because i don't think it matters we'll no. see we'll poll the captains whether they want to hide them or not and that will be fully up to captains no nah, i should make things apparent for people it's always going to be one of those the game changes so much so frequently anyway exactly and I think it will be really interesting to see how different nations will approach the slate, because we have nations that are known for, <coughs> for building completely different styles of armies. Yeah. True. So this is something that I will be very interested in how it will go. Like France, if they have Olivier, and I think they have Olivier coming over, then he will probably figure something out that we haven't seen yet. I would assume one of our teams will also have some wacky stuff that you don't expect. England is boring, so I expect nothing of them. Probably so, right. Yeah. No, no creativity whatsoever. Just meat and potatoes and salt. That's it. That's yeah. all we do. I think we just safe to say we will be doing an episode about Pyra. I'm just thinking if we should do pre-Pyra or post. Both could be fun, but maybe post. I think we could make a pre-Pyra instead with Nathan hosting for people who are not attending Pyra as well. Sure. So we definitely so for need example... to. Sorry, Karen. Yeah, yeah, go for it. We definitely need to do update our tier list as soon as the balance update drops. We oh, can do true. a preemptive tier list and be like, "Here's what we think the new tier list is from seeing the balance." And updates. we're probably wrong. And yeah, that's what is that's the fun part. Yeah. Hot takes are the fun part. Yeah. And some got a couple that we've got yeah, exactly. Life. Couple of questions. 
So, so th this is on all of us this time because we all yes. basically died in the uh, in the week before Christmas or whatever the episode was supposed to air, and decided that we there's no way we could actually manage to to make it on yeah. time. So I'm very sorry for that, Alex. That was the plan, yeah. but in, literally everybody. Uh, we was... had one episode in December and one in January that all three of us just it just couldn't happen on our end which is so which is the the bad um, part of doing it as a extra thing and as a side job also life so sorry about that alex uh sh if you if you have any other um new zealand events any coming anytime soon or anytime in the year let us know yeah and we will cover them this time if we don't die again if we don't die again, but probably shouldn't. Uh, so, yeah. Chris also has a question. Do you ever trust the predictions on a matrix? And it's a little bit of a, of a two-edged sword. Is actually what your predictions are, or rather what type of uh, matrix are you trying to do? Because I have seen people, a lot of people, think uh, actually try to put results into the matrix, as in I am going to score thirteen points from this matchup to the dot, and I am not ever comfortable in such matrix. I think the game is not predictable enough that, um, that even in a very level environment with equal skill uh across the two players playing each other i still don't think that you would be able to predict the matchup to the point before the game especially it if is... you play tactical come on especially yeah sure um but in general yes the goal of the matrix is to have good enough data for those predictions to be correct. And for me at least, and from what I've learned throughout the years, is if you get your team to the point where your predictions on a matrix are trustable, are like legitimate, this is where you win the, the game of for, teams for the game. It's not on the tables, it's if you have perfect data and you have you can trust every single prediction, then you win the matchup, right? So it's literally doing this and all of this is about making your time and making sure that your predictions are correct and that they can be trusted. Oh. Damn, that's... Thank you for the super chat, first of all. That's very generous of you. What would be, and the question is for the podcast listeners that will be listening to this later, if you had to make an eight-man team to represent planet Earth in Galactic 40k teams event, who would you guys choose as the team? Nobody from our own nation. That's God cool. damn it. It's cool. Oh, we've got... Nathan, Nathan, you choose the eight. I can I can do the scuffed shit called open and no. No, let's do one. Let's do one across eight of okay. us. So I get, but we cannot choose anyone from our nation. Okay. Cool. So we know nobody from Poland and England. 
oh, can I pick a Polish person and you pick an English person? <laughs> sure. Oh, that's okay. fine. Because I'm going to pick Skark straight away. Let's go. Like, I'm picking... I mean, I'm picking Jack Harpster. I'm picking Lennon. Fair. Give me a second. Who... Of like... all time, or current yes. players? I, I think currently is more fitting. Currently, like, sure, sure. Okay. All time, if you were to mention, like, Simon's Erdin, yeah, yeah. yeah, like, sure. this is very much not for the current yeah. group of people. Right now. So we have Jack, John, and Skark. I need to, like, actually look. Oh, I've got one. That's so easy. I've got Liam. Fuck's sake. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so easy. <laughs> Yeah, that one was free. How many do we have? Four? Four or three? Uh, we've got four, we have right? four. Yeah. Uh, then we go... I think I got Sean. I, I think I would go with Josh, from my experience yeah. with Josh. Agreed. Nathan, uh, do you disagree with that one? Do we... <laughs> No, 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 no. We've got we've got a very very important nah. one. We've got a very important one. Do we pick Ennis? No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair. Um, <laughs> probably Brian for me. Sure. Yeah, up, I could uh, see that. Sure. But that's possibly because I've played him quite a few times, so I'm biased. See, uh, I haven't. We can... I just Brian. got carried by him. <laughs> That's way. Better. I also watched some of his games. He truly understands the game. Okay, so we have Brian, John, Jack, Liam, uh, Skarg, Josh. Hasselberg. No, we are actually talking about players. Uh... <laughs> who, are the, who do I want to... Go let let me remind you. He estimated nations. that he should win against Chaos Space Marines of Vanilla <laughs> this year. Like, come on. Uh, like Manny's the hard person not to pick. He's ITC and World Current Champion. True, I That's guess. True. There's not enough okay. slots, but yeah, I just wanted to pick someone from like actual Europe. There's got to be some German players. Uh, let me see. Like Germans are weird. Arne, I would definitely pick Arne. Yeah. Arne is fucking crazy. Uh, yeah, definitely. That Spanish Blood Angels player, he did quite well at Worlds as well. Can't remember. His True. Name. There's uh, a lot of good people. Uh, apparently. Yeah, the problem is Speaking we eight, also are eight, very. We are not only biased by WTC, but also by yeah. ITC. And some of those names do not get shown as much because they do not get as high on neither of those rankings. Yeah, true. Also, oh, Eric, yeah. Toze, Eric Latouras Toze. is fucking... Eric Latouras, yes. Definitely. Yes. Oh, Eric, yeah, 100%. Like, yeah, so crazy. we would probably like narrow it down to 16 people. Yeah. There's a 16-man squad. There's, there's a reason the selection process in Poland lasts an entire fucking year, basically. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. picking pe picking an actual team is a hard task. Just get to 16, yeah, and then Hunger Games the rest. 
Exactly. I, I think in the Hungry Games, Brian wins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I I don't think it's easy to pinpoint, especially because when you get to the point, who would you pick as like your non-playing stuff? Oh, who would you so love to have on that part? Like, there is so much. Like, I can see maybe doing this as some kind of a, how do you call it like a draft yeah. yeah actual draft when you choose like from the top six teams or like top 10 teams and the eight man squad that one could be a fight like actually fun episode we could we could consider doing that once just like pre-wtc imagine that one that would be fun are we used to play already doing that exactly I think everybody no, does those typhus. Like no, they are choosing the teams, them. not the players. Uh, sure. Yeah. Choosing the players. Yeah, yeah. Same, same. Yeah, but as Gogo uh, yeah, go, Gleno is saying that, yeah, this could be a whole episode, and he's completely right. That's a good one. Might be the that, death. Write that part. down for the futures. <laughs> Maybe we'll forget it anyway. Then that's why you write things down, Typhus, to not forget them. It's an advanced concept. Yeah. All right. Oh, we could do that, actually, for Pyra. Do a little fantasy squad for us, between us. Who will perform the best? Like picking the best eight players across the whole tournament, or what? No, Naz just mentioned. We could do that between three of us after seeing the lists. I think that could be a fun episode without delving into team comps, oh, so we do not that's, spoil that's anything. Good. That's that's a good one. I like it. That's a good one, and it can be absolutely fucking horrendous with us using IT stuff. So mm. we could see it being absolutely awful to watch, very scuffed to hear and listen to, <laughs> but hilarious nonetheless. Yeah, that sounds great. And we can grab someone for oh yeah, like like for example, Nas. To make yeah. it even worse. I refuse to do a podcast with Nas. That's <laughs> that's just a way downhill then. It's like from Singing. there, it's it's just a burning bridge. I don't want this happen. podcast cancelled. Exactly. He's like got extreme. Nas is way too 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 hard, I think. He just never shuts up about God. Nobody cares. Our, our team England chat at the moment is just old world and guard. <laughs> it's just that doesn't bode well to, for you boys. I thought no. that was back on tow. Isn't it? No, he's just no, he's just guard. Never shuts up about guard. Then he's like, oh, I'm Mr. Guard, and then starts flirting with GSC. It's like, oh, shut up. <laughs> Based. Yeah. Or you can be Mycen and just play guard with GSC. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, to each their own. Yeah, anyway, let's make this episode not as long as usual. Yay. So, as in the main show, Ines does the scuffed plugs. I will do a little bit of them, but not all of them, because I do not want to hang myself tonight. Maybe tomorrow. But uh, anyway. Did you, did you, by the way, consider just asking Ines for his notes for the, the plugs? No. To make it easier? Yeah, I no. think so. 
checks out. <laughs> I mean, I could even like listen and write down what he had on those notes. That's he sent seven. them on our chat. We actually have a yeah, photo of those notes. I know. I know. Uh, so yeah, uh, thanks for listening. If you enjoy what we do, you can support us on Patreon. I don't know the link. It will be in the description. And if you like what we do, then by signing to Patreon, you can join our Discord and do all the stuff with the questions for the shows and also get access to all the great players from the game and ask them some some of the stuff, some questions, and just have a great community. Currently, we are running like a poll. And I don't think we've got our worst reviews, probably like 7 out of 10. So it's not that bad. Join. And it's great, apparently. <laughs> yeah. And Everybody other than that, I... yeah. And uh, if you have any suggestions for future episodes, like the one that Nas just suggested, or anything else comes to your mind, please do so because we might sometimes forget and disappear, and we will we might not make a New Zealand team championship episode because we are just dumb and forget, and we are sorry. But we will try to pick up those topics and cover them for your excitement or lack of excitement. I will also add that StatCheck now has a new show that I am actually very excited myself because I am a podcast fiend and I listen to a lot of podcasts and the boys from TNG are back with StatCheck this time. I'm a huge fan, especially that Lucas is there and I've played Lucas during WTC. It was fun. And these How is your tattoo really feeling? It's good. It's a little bit talk about it? <laughs> I will talk about it when it's finished, okay? Right now I've got like just a lot of fucking lines on me. But yeah, the tattoo <laughs> happened officially. It's being done. Also, uh, join our strategy check Discord. You can see uh, Anthony's leg there with his beautiful pawn tattoo after our I will I will just show it right now. Just explode them, sure. I yes. mean, no, no. it was the bet. It was the bet after all. So I, I, mean, I will take my gloat and my victory as seen on Anthony's leg. I don't know how the fuck I ended up. I ended up with a tattoo on half of my, like literally all my, my thigh. And he has a small thing like that. And I <laughs> apparently won, but fuck me, I guess. But what I want us, we might be doing some dice with this logo for this year. Oh, that. I think that's those that's will cool. be glorious. I just love the scaffolo, how we call it. The scaffolo Sca is, is, is a it's a symbol. Right it's now. a work of art. It has become so, our official like, I think. We 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 love him. I want to have at least one set of official shirts with him on it. Like, come on, it has to happen. He's you good. can't not now. He's cute. It's very good. He, he's lovely. Anyway. On that beautiful note, after showing Anthony's hairy leg with slightly less hair around Scaffolo, <laughs> thanks for listening if you survived till this point. And if you are listening on a podcast feed, do not turn on the video. Do not see what I just shown. Like, just skip it. Like, make your life better. And till the next one. Bye. For more shows like this, check out the Goonhammer Media Network. More info at media.goonhammer.com.